Welcome to Ebtide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Ebtide Well. Hello, this is Dr. Heather Up of Eptide Wellness, the podcast, and today we're going to continue and close out our conversation that we've been having all month about change. So first of all, let's consider where you are today at the end of April compared to the beginning of the month. I wonder what has changed for you. Small, big, the world certainly changed. We've seen some interesting shifts. Then as you're considering what has or hasn't changed for you, I wonder if you can notice the tendency we all have to immediately label it as a good thing or a bad thing. So as we're reflecting on our lives or ourselves or events in the world, what really happens very quickly after almost 100% of the time is our determination of labeling it as right or wrong or a good thing or a bad thing. We just have these scripts in our mind, these paths, these expectations about ourselves, our lives, others, the world that we have put into boxes of that is good, that works, that's the way I want it to go, or that is bad and that's wrong and it should not be going this way. We do a lot of judgment. We don't just sit back and observe what is and listen and observe, but we judge. And I'm not saying to be non-discriminatory or non-evaluative, but to put a line in the sand immediately with the occurrence of something or someone as good or bad, that's bad. (laughs) Irony there. Uh, No, but what happens is if we hold off on doing that immediate judgment thing, that immediate putting in the box thing and wrapping a bow on it, which says it's done then we get the chance instead to hold space, to be curious, to listen and watch and let life truly unfold into the actual story and complexity and bigger sort of journey that it is rather than a moment in time that we say that's good, that's bad. And then with the good or bad judgment, We put upon ourselves all sorts of suffering, questioning, pressure, um, storytelling, and make an entire scenario, not from what's actually happened, but out of our judgment. If we don't do that, if we don't go right into the judgment, which leads to the storytelling, which leads to the emotions, which leads to the repressed emotions, blah, 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 if we instead hold space and say, well, let's see, isn't that interesting? Then we're still living the life in the real moment as it's happening. Then we're still engaging. Then if, say, you might notice it's uncomfortable or it's not the way you'd intended, you're still participating in opening up and impacting that moment instead of shutting down by having decided already what it was or wasn't and turning away from it in that judgment because you've just gotten lost in your head. So there's a story I'm going to share with you that was shared with me by a good friend. It's called A Simple Story About Non-Judgment. 
There was a wise man who won an expensive car and a lottery. His family and friends were very happy for him and came to celebrate. Isn't it great, they said. You are so lucky. The man smiled and said, maybe. For a few weeks, he enjoyed driving the car. Then one day, a drunken driver crashed into his new car at an intersection, and he ended up in the hospital with multiple injuries. His family and friends came to see him and said, that was really unfortunate. And again, the man smiled and said, maybe. While he was still in the hospital, one night there was a landslide, and his house fell into the sea. Again, his friends came the next day and said, weren't you lucky to have been here in the hospital? Again, he said, maybe. So the story shows us that life stories unfold and there's a bigger perspective than one instance, one moment. And if we keep living in the moment, if we keep holding space for our lives, then like any story, we learn more information, we get wiser. And things definitely are not simple enough to be just good or bad. So don't be so fast to place that label of that is amazing or that is awful the next time something happens in your life. You don't know what that will lead to or what that prevented you from doing. We always can see this in hindsight. We're like, oh my God, thank goodness I didn't get that job or that person broke up with me or... It didn't work out with me buying that car. For a million times we say this because X, Y, Z would have happened or instead I found this. But in the moment, were we quite so trusting? Not always. But when we're wise, we hold the response of, you know, maybe. We're, we're holding out evaluation of the story and letting it unfold. So Eckhart Tolle says, instead of judging what is, Accept it to enter into conscious alignment with the higher order. We know that often it is impossible for the mind to understand what place or purpose a seemingly random event has in the tapestry of the whole. And so I love this because sometimes when things aren't going the way I'm hoping they go, I do literally imagine myself as a thread, often a red thread. I don't know why that's in a larger tapestry. And whatever little piece I have in this tapestry influences the whole picture, whether I know it or not, and usually I will not. We do not know how the smallest things in our lives have rippling huge effects around the whole world, the butterfly effect. So maybe that person who just cut you off, so you had to slam your brakes and miss that cycle of the light, maybe they just saved your life by slowing you down and making you stop at that light because otherwise you could have kept going and been hit by a tractor trailer. That's a very, very dismal example. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the point being, sometimes I wonder if I don't get what I want, I imagine the person who did get it and how right it must have been for them. And so sometimes we can see the higher perspective and that makes us 
able to be a little bit wiser, able to be a little bit more trusting because we can say, oh yeah, like I can see the bigger picture here. Hey, guess what? It's not all about me in this moment having complete comfort and no challenge. And so right now, by example, the um, the tree pollen is going crazy. You can probably hear it in my voice. Um, having a lot of allergy issues. And while it's uncomfortable, I love trees so much. And spring, especially this year, I don't know why, it's just so gorgeous and it's so uplifting. And so I am more than happy to have all these allergies because a larger perspective is spring is here. Trees are blooming. It's gorgeous. Something much more important is going on here than me having allergies. Like, it's fine. They'll go away. And when they go away, there's going to be beautiful, happy trees that have bloomed into the spring. So where in your life is there something that you might have a tendency to label as bad or wrong, but you can see there's actually a larger perspective here and there's more to it. You can see how the story might be wider than your uncomfortable experience. Where can you see that right now? And so it helps to really be awake and aware and notice when these things happen so that it gives us the capacity to hold faith and trust when we can't. So, <coughs> excuse me, as you guys know, I'm in a um, professionally transitioning time here and I've had a lot of things <laughs> not work out that I've applied to in terms of jobs. I mean, I am sending out resumes like, they are invitations to a party, and they're not being received with yeses. And that's okay, because I'm holding space that the doors that close will point me in the direction for the right one that's going to open. And it already has been shifting my perspective to a larger one of what am I really meant to do here? Where is it really a good fit? What is the actual impact of my life in this transition? Every little nudge that could be oh my God, this is so bad. Instead is a, oh, interesting. I wonder where this is leading. <coughs> Excuse me again. Those trees are a spreading their seeds. Um, yeah, so I don't know the larger perspective. I don't know the story of this. I don't know how or why there's... Um, a lack of concrete doors opening for me right now. I am just holding space, giving my experience and my wisdom that there's a larger perspective here. And I just have to hold that space. And someday I might understand when I've landed in a place and I can say, oh, thank goodness that I went on that journey of exploring ideas and places and positions to land at the one that was right. Or maybe... <laughs> I'll be jobless forever and never understand why. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, anyway, where is there a place in your life that 
things are uncomfortable or what you thought was going to be one thing isn't working in that direction and it's easy and maybe even your friends or family are going, oh, no. Is there a place in your life that you don't understand why it doesn't feel like things are happening for you and you have the potential to label it as bad. And then holding that space, can you trust? Can you trust that there is something more than you know? The universe is a much vaster place than our daily lives. And I really, really believe that we have to see ourselves as threads in the tapestry and accept the picture and our part in creating that picture, even if we'd rather create the whole picture ourselves, you know? We don't. We create something much larger. So can you hold faith and trust in whatever it is that's going on for you right now that you could just label as bad, but what if you didn't? What if you held space for the journey and said, I trust and I accept my place in the unfolding of the larger space and universe? When I do that, I think for any of us who find faith or trust in whatever uh, spiritual practice or religious um, belief system we have, there's a relief to that. There's a softening and there is an opening because it gives us something bigger to allow us to accept because it's a burden to be the ultimate judge of life and the world because we don't know enough. I don't know what's going on all over the world with every single person and every little thing. <laughs> so for me to judge it, it's a burden beyond my capacity and it tightens me up, but it makes me feel hard. It makes me feel sad. When we say there is more to this than I understand and I trust that it's going in the direction of goodness for all, well, then there's a relief there. And then I can accept what's going on and just, you know, I trust. And this is a contributor to a fundamental part of the mindfulness practice that we call equanimity. Equanimity is also a very fun word to say. <laughs> but it's also an extremely difficult and important concept to practice. So what equanimity is, I'm going to give you a few direct, a few definitions here. But it's the ability to see without being caught in what we are seeing. So it's ability to live without having to judge. It's the ability to be with, with acceptance and evenness as it's there and say, okay, rather than that's bad, that's good, I resist, or I push away, or I cling. So other definitions, one by Ami Ray says, equanimity is neither chasing nor avoiding, but just being in the middle. Alan Loco says a modern definition of equanimity is cool. This refers to one whose mind remains stable and calm in all situations. So by not judging, by not saying that's good or bad, we don't get ourselves worked up. We don't put ourselves in the fight or flight mode of having to change something that has already happened. We don't go beyond our immediate experience to a trauma in our head. Why did this happen? How come it happened? Why didn't it happen? What can I do? What went wrong? What's wrong with me? 
that is where we have so much difficulties in the stuff that we layer upon what's actually happening. Life is going to keep coming at us with things we do and don't like. And when you sit in that feeling of, I don't like this, <laughs> acceptance doesn't mean enjoyment or thinking it's pleasant. But you can just notice in the moment this is happening, I accept it, and I accept that it's uncomfortable for me and unpleasant. Okay. Without saying this is bad, I must push it away. I must hold this tight so it doesn't change. And then it's like, okay, because anything that comes at you, it doesn't ruin your cool. So Tori Amos says, I found the secret to life. I'm okay when everything is not okay. This sets us free because the world is not personally attacking us and the world is not ours to solve or fix, even our own small worlds. And so we recognize that the life, the world, events, people, it just comes and goes and every moment brings us experiences. And our work is to live every experience fully by being in it with the curiosity, a spaciousness, and a tenderness for our own responses to that. So of course, if something challenging happens in the moment for me, I'm going to want to say, this sucks. I hate it. What's wrong? But instead of going with that, I notice that storyline is developing. I come back to the present instead and say, but what else? And I might hold some emotions and feel my heart being broken or feel my body tensing. And I don't resist that either, but say, okay, that's interesting. What else? And continue just to hold the moment that is as allow it to unfold without getting out of the moment by into the judgment layer. So it doesn't mean that we're just apathetic and completely along for a joyride of life. We just don't take it so personally. And we don't mistake the fact that we can change anything that's already happened. So one of the best ways I've heard it described is like a warm grandmother. She's unaffected by like the five grandchildren screaming and playing and having all sorts of tantrums or drama or joys around her. She's not getting sucked into the stub toe. She's not getting overwhelmed by the need for all of them to have her look at them. But she's unaffected and she's just doing her thing. Holding a space of love, though, that grandmother's presence of calm and non-reactivity isn't because she's cold and uncaring, but because she's wise and she's holding space for all of it with love. So it's this grandmother presence of wisdom, holding space for love. Allowing us to be there without our minds contracting and resisting and saying no. Or our heart contracting and saying no. Those things might happen, but we notice in the next moment, we allow them to soften and open so we can actually be with whatever is coming up for us to hold space for that. It's the power of observation. It's the eagle's perspective. So when the world is in chaos, as it seems to be since, well, 2020, the news could make you absolutely go mad. 
if you got sucked into it, if you got into why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Oh my God, it's crazy. It sucks you and I can just like feel myself getting sucked into the stories. But if you take a breath and sit back and just watch and hold space for the drama and the politics and sort of see it as a larger story, you know it all comes and goes. You know there's much more to it than you're hearing in a headline. You know, some of it's probably not ever going to happen anyway, and some of it will go in directions you never could have predicted. So you hold space as the observer. Let everyone else live in the chaos and get swayed around by it. You don't have to. You hold space in the present moment to stay cool. And that's how you can help this world and this life is no matter what happens, stay cool. Know how to hold space when your body, your heart, your mind get out of equilibrium, when the emotions do threaten to come over you, know how to manage that for yourself. That will happen to all of us. But the difference is if you're holding space and equanimity and saying, no, I'm keeping a presence instead, I'm going to allow these emotions to come through. I'm going to stay out of the stories and the judgments and the thought. Then you're holding a presence that's non-reactive but can be responsive. You don't take it personally. This protects you from the world that threatens to praise you or blame you, where you succeed, where you fail, where people experience pleasure or pain from you and you receive pleasure and pain from life. If you are thrown around by what is called these worldly winds, you will never be at peace. If you have an equanimity where life is kind of shifting you from side to side, but you're never getting off your course of center, that's equanimity. So this takes a sense of knowing yourself, a sense of having a faith and a trust in something larger than yourself. It takes a practice of mindfulness to be able to hold yourself steady. So I wonder... Where in life do you feel unsteady? Do you feel pushed and dragged around by the circumstances, by others, by bombshell news headlines? And could you imagine instead of immediately saying this is wrong or this is so amazing, if you just held space and said, okay, be different. And some of us are hooked on the drama, are hooked on being reactive because it gives us a feeling like we can do something or it gives us an adrenaline rush. I don't know why we do it, but these people that get really hooked on getting overly invested in the rights and the wrongs of things that are just minor and inconsequential and moving through anyway, it might be in part because it's very difficult to sit with spaciousness, calm, and peace. For those people who are used to chaos and constant stimulation and emotional ups and downs. So that's part of the work, is freeing ourselves from the addiction to drama and letting ourselves be satisfied because we're satisfied by our own inner presence and company and perspective to not be in the drama, to not be in the fray, to not having it be about us.
So let's come into meditation now and see if we can't connect to the concept of equanimity. I want you to find whatever posture is available to you right now. Feet flat on the ground. Connection of lower body to whatever support it's receiving. The eyes can be lowered in gaze or closed if that's possible. And as you turn inward, just noticing the breath, letting it bring you into this moment, into your body. Just giving yourself some moments. Soften into the uncontrolled breath, just as it is. As you're coming into center, I invite you to notice your energetic feeling field, how it might be held in a suit of reactivity. So maybe you're sort of being pulled forward by your body because you're so used to acting on the moments that come your way, if that's true for you, if you're being pulled forward into action, just come back into center. Some of us might be adverse to what's going on, so we pull away. We're sitting back, not actually present for life, but pulling away from it. Notice if there's a part of your body that's going into the backward, like, no, I'm not part of this, and come into center, come into life. Allow yourself to find that center equilibrium space where shoulders are directly aligned over hips, feet are in line with knees, hips are in line with armpits, the head is parallel to the earth, where we're in center. Yes, we'll get blown out of center, but we come back with every breath, with every awareness. Give yourself a few breaths to come back to center, noticing how body might be held in bias of approaching something that's great, being eager for it, or pulling away from something that's bad. And just come into center where it is. In the center, we can find our breath and we can rest in this breath. The breath uncontrolled finds its balance between the inhales and the exhales. yourself simply come into the ebb and the flow, the balance, the centered calm of your natural breath.
In the centered calm of breath, you can notice where the body feels hard against that softness. It's still holding and the breath can't let it move with a gentle rhythm. So notice in the shoulders, if they can soften, releasing the burden of being the judge and jury of the world and yourself. Notice if the belly is tangled in knots, as it's afraid, as it feels it has to be in the stress response because somehow we're supposed to make things right. You don't know. Let the belly relax so it can be motivated towards what's happening in the moment that you are inspired for, hungry for, motivated towards out of response to life, not reaction, not judgment. Allow the legs to re relax, the arms. Sensing into the forehead and the eyes and the brows now our embodied judgment place. Notice if your body is holding the thoughts of analysis. Just allow the forehead to spread in your noticing, the eyes to relax. Answers are not found straining out there, but by softening into the moment and seeing clearly what is. Moment is all you need to know. Trusting that there's more to come, more around you that you may or may not see someday. Let the eyes soften into just being satisfied with the moment, the view of this moment and the ears, not straining for more information or other people's stories, but just letting the ears hold space for sounds of now. Each word that comes to the ears is part of a sentence. If we judged the sentence on the word, we wouldn't misunderstand. The whole body relax into, okay, this moment is what is. And I accept that as much as I accept the discomfort or pleasure that may come with how I feel about this moment. In that acceptance, can you feel the thinking mind release its grip? If we say, okay, the thinking mind doesn't trip over itself and overwork itself into fixing a problem because we're no longer saying there is one. We're no longer saying this is so good, I can't ever lose it. We're no longer saying this is so bad, it has to stop. Saying, okay, this is the moment and the thinking mind no longer 
has to judge, analyze, or solve. The space can be opened up for curiosity and wonder and listening. And that's where you'll learn and see. And that's how heart and mind can unite. This open, wondrous, curious mind connects easily to the heart space. The heart can remain open and soft, even in uncomfortable or emotionally charged situations. We don't have to judge our feelings as being bad or good. We allow them to be there. It's okay to have emotions Rest in the heart space, hold space for all that comes through in the moment, not getting lost in judgment. In the spaciousness, come into observation. Allow yourself to come into the eagle's perch to hold space for that which you couldn't see before because you were lost in the minutia of good or bad. Hold space for what you can now see is wisdom of maybe. I'll close our session today with a reading by Chris Levote. Life is constantly throwing new things at you. To deal with them, you could take one of three approaches. One, you could stand your ground like a rocky crag in the ocean, resisting and striving to fight against the barrage. However, ultimately, resistance is futile. The ocean of life is stronger than you, and it will break you down if your only response is resistance. Number two, alternatively, you could try floating on the surface like a cork and just go with the flow. And although this approach seems safe, as a piece of floatsome, you risk being dashed against the rocks or thrown up on the shore. The third approach is the middle way. A buoy that is tethered to the ocean floor, allowed to rise and fall with the waves, but not to get thrown around. The buoy exhibits a kind of equanimity, a centered resilience that allows it to survive in any kind of weather. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. I will see you next week. Be Ebtide Well. Thank you so much for listening and showing up, not just for this podcast, but for yourself. If this episode resonated with you, why not share it with someone else who you think might connect with it? I'll see you next week. In the meantime, be Ebtide Well.